here, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, listeners. I love this movie. We're back talking <laughs> some Verhoeven. He's like a bug yeah. that you just can't kill on oh, this my podcast. Goodness. And you, oh, man, everybody out there listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that made, made us gay. gay. Yay. So, do another Paul Verhoeven movie. This yes. is number three. Yes, indeed. Paul Verhoeven, I mean, that European... SOB. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking about him, though. Yes, indeed. Uh, interesting point of view, but uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Let's talk about, Scott, what movie we watched and introduce our guests. We had our friend Matthew Ferris on to talk about Starship Troopers, released November 7th, 1997. Hi, guys. How's it going? Welcome to the show. Welcome I was so show. happy when you messaged us about what movies to do that you wanted to do Starship Troopers, because... I've been wanting to do this movie for a while on the show. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's a lot to unpack. This On the surface of this movie, you might not think that this would fit our theme, but we're going to talk about why it does. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, we like to talk about, at the top of the show, what kind of brought us to um, to Starship Troopers. Unless, Scott, did you have some, some factoids that you wanted to drop right now, or should we talk about I mean- what brought us to Starship Troopers? We can we can start with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Matthew, you're a guest. Why don't you talk about how you were introduced to this movie and, and why why you enjoy it to this day? Yeah, of course. Um, so my attachment, first and foremost, to films and entertainment um, started when I was fairly young, thanks to my dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad worked a lot, um, and I barely got to see him during the week. But on weekends, he would take the time to spend with me and our favorite thing to do would be, you know, Friday nights going to um, Blockbuster or the videos, the local yeah. video store and picking up movies um, or Saturday we would go see new movies. And it was like the time that I really got to spend with my father, but he had a penchant for 
action in science fiction and military films because yeah. he was in the military for 33 years. Oh, wow. Um, so the sci-fi channel was always on in our house. <laughs> um, and I'm more of a Disney Channel Nickelodeon kid. <laughs> um, but I am a daddy's boy. So in order for me to spend time with my dad, I would sit down and watch sci-fi. So therefore... I was introduced to the wonderful worlds of Battlestar Galactica, Andromeda, um, Firefly, Doctor Who. My dad just introduced me to all of those things. Um, But I think how I first came to – actually, I know how I first came to Starship Troopers is um, on one of our weekly nights um, going to the uh, video store – my dad picked up this movie and he showed me mm-hmm. and he was like – I was eight years old. And he's like, you're going to love this movie. It has bugs, aliens, and and guns. And I was like, OK, let's do it. <laughs> sure, dad. Uh, right. <laughs> and um, I, I remember uh, I was more excited to watch the film because my dad was excited. Right. He had already seen the movie. So clearly for him being excited to watch it again mm-hmm. was something that was really big for me. Um, and I just remember – we went home and I was glued in front of the TV like Carol Ann from the Poltergeist, like just sitting there, just watching. I was just, I was, I was in love. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just remember watching these battles being fought in space using satire. There were these badass characters, both male and female. Um, and you know, the the action adventure was there to be able to tell the tale of Starship Troopers. Yeah. Um. And the funny thing is, it's like I had no idea that watching that movie for the first time, albeit I was terrified because those <laughs> bugs are – I mean I'm eight years old. Yeah. And those bugs were terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that I would be watching a film that would end up becoming one of my favorite movies to this day. My imagination was lit and honestly my queer uprising started from that moment. <laughs> the future of yeah. co-ed showers. Yes, oh, exactly. My goodness. Which Our... never came to fruition for me, no, by the way. No, not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Time will tell. Right. I mean, I do love a good open gym shower, but not anything like this movie. <laughs> no. So I remember renting this movie with my cousins. And I want to say that it was during a family holiday. I cannot remember what it was because this came out November of 97. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of us just sitting in my grandparents' living room. How old were you? I was probably like 12. Okay. And I remember when the co-ed shower scene came on, <laughs> it blew my 12-year-old mind. Right. And I just remember my cousins just laughing at it and just thinking yeah. that this movie is just too much. So I think that my cousins even sort of got the satire of this movie, even if they couldn't have put into words like why it was satire right. but i could tell that they immediately got it and i remember just watching this movie just being like huh like this movie is wild <laughs> it's so funny that you say that your cousins got the satire because i i i wholeheartedly believe that a lot of people did not right. get the satire yeah. of the yeah. film and it was almost like this film was it was intended to be misunderstood sure oh yeah yeah, yeah. um I'm a little bit older, so I was uh, just starting out college, and I saw this movie with uh, my buddies Jose and Matt, and shout out. Did you Jose see it in the theater? Uh, no, I actually didn't see it in the theater. Um, they had both seen it, and they were like, we got to watch Starship Troopers, it's great. So I sat down and watched it, and I was like, I hadn't seen Showgirls. Had it even okay. come out yet? 
This is after Showgirls right? is 95. I mean, I we can talk after. a little bit about that 95? later. 95? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the <laughs> thing is, is that this movie was greenlit and everything was taken care of financially as they were wrapping up Showgirls. Yeah. So when Showgirls tanked the box office, like, Starship Troopers was already happening. Mm-hmm. Like, they were already right in the middle of it. In pre production yeah. of that movie. Gotcha. So none of sort of the shortcomings of Showgirls really affected this movie. Maybe a little bit in, in its marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. My friends who introduced me to it were, you know, big fans of, of, of sci fi and action movies. We were, you know, 18, 19 years old. And they kind of got it. They were like, it's satirical, the like the weird, you know, um, imagery that you're going to see, the propaganda like stuff. You're just and they prepped me for it going in. So I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I love, Matthew, that you mentioned like the sci-fi channel and like those crazy 90s sci-fi channel TV shows. Yes. Like Andromeda and like, you know, and even like Firefly and things like that, that. They did kind of introduce this idea of, like, men and women kind of working together in military settings, Mm -hmm. you know, in in these sci-fi settings. A lot of them are not produced in the United States. Maybe that had something to do with it. A lot of them are out from New Zealand, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But, yeah, it definitely has that feel um, of those kind of old TV shows. Uh, but yeah, I remember liking it right off the bat. I think that the, we, you know, we all, we always talk about that COVID shower scene. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but if, if we're being honest, I think it really started from the minute that Casper but it graced this, us with, yes. you know what I mean? These mm-hmm. faces and, and uh, we're going to have to talk about this uh, a little bit more in depth. And this is on purpose. Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. cast in this movie, they all look like mannequins. <laughs> Casper <laughs> Van Dien is just like this beautiful Aryan. Casper Van Dien and Denise so Richards. Man. When those mm-hmm. two faces are on the screen at the same time, it's like what the hell? When Denise is introduced in profile, <laughs> and you just get that cute little Denise nose. <laughs> is it cute? I mean, it's just so teeny. It's mm-hmm. so teeny. <laughs> Ends at that little point. <laughs> but the the idea is that the two of them look like. Yeah, like mannequins come to life, like, or like captain of the football team and the girl next door. Right, right, right yeah, and um, you know everybody else in the movie too. Like Dina Meyer is beautiful, beautiful. Right, yeah. um, all the other the men in the movie are tall, super tall. You've got Jake Busey. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the big hulking guy that gets his face blown off. Right. <laughs> you know, but it, it's cast with these, you know, these specimens of like humans and then where does mph fit in i mean i guess True. it would have been i guess for <laughs> NPH, a little wiry. it would have just been the novelty of you know doogie hauser's in this movie correct yeah. right so i that guess that would have been sort of the angle of casting him as right. the smart kid right right but uh you know the ideas and we're talking about the satire behind this movie and for you know for listeners if you're not familiar with it it is filled with this like propaganda-ish imagery and the the military is is dressed in a kind of um uh right right mm-hmm. yeah fascist yep. yes. style not even kind of like directly it, quite literally yeah, yeah. literal uh imagery there and um you know verhoven has said that they, he cast these people with the idea that this is a utopian fascist society of the future Mm -hmm. so these are kind of like you know for lack of a better term like perfect specimen so my question to that though is 
were there no people of color in this utopian you world know, that Paul had envisioned? <laughs> you get their one black friend that then has to leave. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. She get, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. She, yes. Mm, there is the, yeah. There's one character. Uh, yeah, That's maybe. like the equation of seeing that one black person in Greece for a split second. <laughs> and, I don't even remember. And the, the finale I don't song. even remember <laughs> the black person in Greece. <laughs> Dancing around in the, Correct. In the carnival. Okay. There's got to be one in there. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, you're right. That's a, that is a valid point. And, um, you know, it's supposed to be this this fascist utopia, but that's on purpose. So, mm-hmm. I I think also he's kind of pulling from the source material, which is Robert Heinlein mm-hmm. book, and the book is is well loved, but it's also highly criticized, right? For that it's, it's overly that it's overly pro fascist. Like, there's not really right. any Pro-military. irony or satire in the book, like right. there is in the movie. I think I read somewhere that Paul didn't even make it through the first chapter. I yes. have the quote. I, sta- I stopped after two chapters because it was boring. It was quite a bad book. I asked the screenwriter to tell me the story because I couldn't read the whole thing. It's a very right-winged book. And the screenwriter also collaborated with him on RoboCop. Okay. Another movie that is a very interesting rewatch in 2021. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but again, RoboCop is another kind of satirical take yeah. on like uh, a tyrannical government and you know a police state and, and that kind of thing. So he's Verhoeven's outlook on politics and uh, military and mm-hmm. all that. It's kind of bleak, but he's trying to give it kind of a humorous edge to I don't know maybe take the edge off of it somehow. Right. But. I don't know if I'm smart enough to go into what he's how, what his how main familiar goal is. are you with a lot of his movies that he made in Europe before he came to America? Um, not very familiar. So, I didn't watch the one you sent. Me. I've only Neither. seen Turkish Delight with Rucker Hauer, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting movie. You see everything. Every bit of skin of Rucker Hauer in that movie, absolutely. And it's one of those things that he was making these crazy movies in Europe, and he was pretty much just exiled to Hollywood. That even like Europe couldn't even handle him, which is like go crazy. make movies yeah. Yeah. in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Right. <laughs> like we can't even like we we can't even, we can't even handle you anymore. Well, one of his one of the big uh, kind of statements that he's making with this movie is that you know in in the United States there's a big hang up with nudity and sexuality yeah. mm-hmm. that we don't have with violence. So, True. you know, the, we're okay with and, – and one of his points is I can get away with sh- showing dead bodies sprawled all over the floor, you know, people being cut in half, limbs being ripped off. But the minute a woman takes her shirt off, it is like the most outrageous thing right. in this movie. Right. The rating goes up yes. intensely. Yes, exactly. So that's his, that's his point when he's going for, you know, this co-ed shower scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his point when – there are these propaganda videos peppered throughout the movie where certain things are censored in the propaganda video for comedy, but then immediately afterwards we see, you know, these dead bodies all over yeah. the floor. Like that, op- like the opening scene of the movie itself being mm-hmm. the the newscast, yeah. and, and and we're seeing what's getting ready to happen. That was one of the draws to the movie for me. I really, I really did like the propaganda, the, yeah. at least the way that they presented the propaganda to us in the yes. movie. Um, because I didn't know if it was meant for me to be watching something on TV or if I was online. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I just know that it appealed to me and it, that, that was really great. Yeah. Do you want to know more? Right. 
<laughs> Click here. Yeah, and he, you know he does. He did that in uh, RoboCop. There were commercials uh, for like television shows that mm-hmm. were like crazy over the top. He did it in, um, in RoboCop. It's almost sort of predicting how cable news would unfold. Yeah, where yeah. violence is sort of seen as entertainment. Too. Right, right. And he, uh, it's in uh, Total Recall. Yeah. the same kind of thing. And I remember as a kid. I was a lot, you know, Total Recall is a little bit older. So I remember watching Total Recall and thinking, you know, they would do this thing where they would show he'd be watching the news and there'd be like violent outbreak, you know, on uh, on Mars, on mm-hmm. this Mars colony. And, you know, there's a shooting and they would show like dead bodies and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's the news. And the idea is that that's so outrageous that they're showing it on the news. And even as a little kid, I'm thinking, wow, that's like this is this is the future. And that's what the future of TV is going to be like. So one of these days, you know, ratings are going to go out the window. But I feel like even as a kid, I kind of got that. Right. And I don't know, maybe there's something about the way Verhoeven kind of directs these particular scenes that are supposed to be of television or news that kind of keys in to kids that we kind of understand. Cause I mean, kids watch a lot of TV. Absolutely. You know? It's so funny that you say that because, um, you know, back when the movie came out, Roger Ebert, um, pretty much said that it was like a, a, a glorified violent film for kids. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. You're <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Roger Ebert and also the rest of kind of his colleagues just taking the movie so literally. Mm, I yeah. remember I had when I first moved to Los Angeles, I worked at a advertising agency that cut movie trailers. Mm-hmm. And the guy that sort of ran it had been around for years cut some huge movie trailers like Jurassic Park. He worked on that. Just like these super iconic trailers. And he said that they worked on char- on Starship Troopers. And he told the story of talking to the studio heads for advertising about this movie. And he said they clearly did not get it at all. <laughs> yeah. That they were just like, sell this as just an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. Interesting. And Sci-fi war movie. My right. yeah. boss just being like, but you really don't see what he's doing here, do you? <laughs> and just the studio just not getting it at all. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, because it's hard to tell if it's because of the age of the movie, maybe budget, or if this is just Verhoeven. But the way it looks, it is it is a war movie set in outer space, and they're fighting these bugs. But it's very bright. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. it's it's very well lit, right? And it's it's not it doesn't it's not realistic in that sense, you right? Know? And I don't know if that's something that maybe that's another thing that kids key into that it is kind of a little bit more bright, a little bit more television looking, mm-hmm. and that might be a reason why as younger people we were just like, yeah, I, I, I can get into this movie. <laughs> these bugs are ripping people in half because all the scenes, you know, at like these academies that they're in, the weird. I guess it's a high school. Well, they did. Yeah, they graduated again. Even though they're all like 30. Right. I, always, I You know what's so funny is I say Troopers is like um, Degrassi in space. Right. Yeah. It's very much teen soap, young adult fiction. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really a driving force yeah. in that film for me was, I mean, everyone's relationships and yeah. connection. I mean, this was a group of friends. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, to say, um, and it, it, the relationships between everybody is what really drove that movie for yeah. me. I do love this, the early scenes in the movie before they go off yes. into space. Those are really, they're, mm-hmm. they're well done scenes, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it like getting to know their dynamic together as friends. Yeah. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But again, I have to say these, 
<laughs> if this is high school, these actors look so old. Well, I know that <laughs> Paul Verhoeven talked about how his original idea was to maybe cast actors in their early 20s, and that immediately got vetoed from the studio. Right. It's crazy to me because mm-hmm. they... Yeah. they the cast themselves seem like they're in their early twenties. Yeah. I thought. I mean, I mean, I don't know how old Neil Patrick was at that point, but I think he might have been the youngest. I think Casper I think... was probably around twenty-seven, and Denise Richards is older than I think she is. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it, it's one of those things that Denise wasn't like nineteen when she made this movie. She no, was fully probably like yeah. twenty-five or twenty-six. I think they were all around between twenty-five and twenty-eight. And I always kind of yeah. wonder with Denise Richards casting that they just did showgirls. So yeah. I kind of wonder, did Denise meet with anybody for Showgirls and they just sort of, we're going to keep Denise Richards and Dina Meyer in our back pockets when we're casting Starship Troopers? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Do you yeah. think you, I, do you think Denise would have done Showgirls? <laughs> I mean, it was probably one of those things that maybe she met casting agents for it, but just didn't go that far. Right. Right, right, right. I, I mean, can... she was definitely acting at the time. Yeah. She could. I mean, she could. When did Wild it. Things come out? Was, was Wild Star- Things was ninety seven. It was the same year. Yeah. So Denise had a pretty big ninety seven. So yeah. she did this and Wild Things. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I wish Dina Meyer was in more things. Yeah, she had a good arc on Friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who was she on Friends? She was in a play with Joey. Oh and, yes, yeah. and Joey. They kind of fell in love, love, but then she left. She just skipped town. Right, yeah. right, right. Or was she the one who was also dating the, the director like, of the play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, her acting performance in <laughs> Starship Troopers really isn't, you know, the yeah. greatest. Yeah, yeah. They gender flip <laughs> the character. It's a it's a man in the book. Oh, really? Yeah, Dizzy is a Dizzy's a male. So I'm assuming and they just added Paul the Verhoeven, romance. Though. Yeah, they added. Paul Verhoeven just wanted to make the character female, so they flipped him. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. They didn't need another another guy in there. And that's what's kind of interesting about how this society works. We can talk a little bit about just sort of the political setting of the movie that I think it's interesting that genders seem to be equal which is, in this movie, yes. which is pretty cool. Yeah. But what I, what I, we were talking about earlier is um, – and especially in sci-fi, it seems like men and women are an even playing fields. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I really appreciate about Starship Troopers is, I mean, Denise as Carmen. Um, <laughs> she, in a sense, um, I think all the women in, in this film, in a sense, are better than the men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Izzy was the best on-field soldier that there was. Yeah. Um, She's Den- introduced like a boss, too. Yeah, like a boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's... It, and, to talk about that, um, it's very strange to me that when you when you speak to people who do like this film, a lot of people are Izzy haters, and they really do like Carmen. No, <laughs> <laughs> and I know. Just as, well, and I, I know when they were testing this movie, I think that they got a lot of negative feedback about Carmen, though. Mm, that yeah. they sort of had to cut subplots of the movie with the love triangle more, right? Which. It's a very – I know I keep saying it's a strange thing to me, but it's a very strange thing to me because watching this movie now in 2020, mm-hmm. Carmen is not the type of woman that I would ever want to be around. <laughs> she is not so innocent herself. Yes. She starts off – she knows – she's one of – she's a character who knows the power of her beauty yeah, and how far it can get her. And she thinks that by flirting with this football player from <laughs> an opposing team that she's not doing much. But 
trying to you know forward her career and it's like ma'am we know what you're doing <laughs> what casper is standing right there looking yeah. the way that he does <laughs> and you're going to flirt with this other guy yeah get a little bit of uh nomi malone with that one yeah it's sort of like the building blocks for a character like nomi mm. so we watched a little bit of the movie with the commentary today and i feel like verhoven gave some information that maybe would have helped uh, if we had known in the movie, uh, so they talk a lot about the the background of of this society that they're in that mm-hmm. we were talking about before that it's this like fascist society, um, it's a military state, and the idea about uh, uh, that these characters are are telling us is that to be a quote unquote citizen in mm-hmm. the society, you have to have. Uh, done service in the military. Right. If you have not done service and you're not a citizen, then you can't vote and you don't have the full rights of a full citizen. Right. And this is the the, the fascist military police state that they're living in. And everybody's cool with it because that's just where they grew up and that's just all they know. So Carmen comes from a family that is like, yes, this is the way we do it. You're going to join the military. You're going to be a citizen. And, and that's that. Rico, Johnny Rico, who is <laughs> Casper... Johnny Rico, by the way, can we just say <laughs> that name yeah. sounds mm-hmm. like he needs to be a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's like Johnny Rico. Totally. All their names, Izzy Flores, Johnny Carmen what I- Ibanez? Ibanez, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The name of the the name of my first guitar. I had an Ibanez <laughs> because couldn't afford a fender. Um so <laughs> we have to mention that this movie or this story takes place in argentina yeah randomly interesting <laughs> interesting is Very, that from the book yes mm-hmm. it's from the book is it mentioned in the movie because i don't think that's ever mentioned it in the movie. says buenos aires on, oh like, you're right you're right which you're right i guess that i'm getting i mean is there some fascist connections because i know that a lot of german nazis did like, hide out nazis went to buenos went aires to yeah buenos aires too yeah so there might be a little bit of a connection there possibly that mm-hmm. might be it um, but there is some stuff that in the book the characters were Latin. I would, I would, I would yeah. have to think so, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the main uh, kind of complaints with the casting is that the Johnny Rico character is specifically called out as being Filipino in the book. Hey, right, because his name is not even Johnny; it's yeah, just Rico. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's like the big thing is that like, oh, well, they whitewashed it or or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, Verhoeven doesn't really talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, but what he does talk about is that there was a scene where, with Carmen's family mm-hmm. and meeting Rico, and them just kind of like telling her, like, "Well, he he does his family; they're not citizens, so mm-hmm. like right. he's not good enough for you. Right? You need to. If you're Meanwhile, gonna, you're going to be with a citizen. His family has beautiful property, so they're loaded. <laughs> but <laughs> they're, loaded, they're right. just so rich that they just don't really care, care. about yeah. being citizens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you're that rich, you you, you, you don't have to care matter. about voting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because anything you're going to vote for is just going to benefit you anyway. Right. So <laughs> you're in that upper tap. Tech yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of like the little backstory of like those two characters, um, and like why they have this like need to join the military right out of again what we're assuming to be high school. Right. But I think um Johnny Rico's um motivation for for joining is completely different than Carmen's. Yes. Well his is it's Carmen. It's right? Carmen, yeah, right. That's right. his whole reason. Right. And so I don't I don't I'm and he does definitely throughout the movie he 
realizes his mistake. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I get it. Carmen definitely comes from that family where yeah. being in the service is top notch. And her goal is, I want a pilot. Right. I want to be a pilot. I'm right. going to fly a spaceship. That's it. Which is pretty cool. Johnny can come with me if he comes with me. If not, that's cool. Which too. I like <laughs> that there's that motivation that she isn't motivated by a man. Yeah. Like she has career aspirations yeah. that she wants to be a pilot. Right. Yeah. And I do like her 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 few scenes when she is kind of going through like not even flight school. She's really just thrown in there. Yeah. <laughs> Those that that scene that you're talking about with Amy Smart yeah. always reminds me of the Nomi and Molly scenes from Showgirls. That they, they're just being gals. They're just being gals. Like they're they're getting on their spaceship and they're just like, hey girl, having this grand old time. It, it reminds me a lot of those scenes from Showgirls where they're walking yeah. around uh, Caesar's palace, sure. right, painting each other's nails, mm-hmm. eating chips, <laughs> eating chips. But I like that Carmen's kind of portrayed as this like kind of like bad girl. Like she's she's fast and everybody's like oh fuck she's flying like right because that's usually a, a kind of a characteristic of like a guy like a fly boy who's just like plays by his own rules or whatever and that's just her she's just like i fly and i'm good and you know i'm good and i know i'm good right so like what what's good mm-hmm. you know who um neil patrick harris's character also mirrors that um the, i mean Obviously, yeah. he was the psychic friend, so he was <laughs> he was uh, you know a boss in that aspect. Yeah, um, but very much like knew what he. Well, I think he was different in Carmen and not knowing what he wanted to do. And sure. then as soon as he got there, they were like, "Oh, you're upper echelon." Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, all right, I guess I am." Right, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, this whole psychic storyline too. It, it reminds me a lot <laughs> of the movie Looper. Did you ever see Looper? I love Looper. So <laughs> it's like there are those there are those people in Looper in the society that can just sort of that have telekinesis like they can move right. things. Right, 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 right. So it just sort of humans have evolved to have. These yeah. psychic abilities. I think the one thing that you have to do when watching a Paul movie is suspend disbelief. Yes. yes. This is not, you're not supposed to be watching a movie. This is, yeah. this is escapism. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's not meant to be based in reality. Yeah. And well, and the crazy thing is, and I will say this, um, watching Starship Troopers in 2020 mm-hmm. definitely feels like it could be based in reality. Right. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> watching this movie now seems very much i mean it's space force let's just get that out of the way yeah (laughs) you know what i mean it's very much space force and i definitely see um the world of troopers being the end goal of what 44's reign would have been oh yeah Yeah. i mean there was nothing scarier than the last four years of 45 i'm sorry not 44 44 is the best (laughs) that you're just just so slowly seeing america like go into fascism absolutely which is very very scary yes yes yeah and i mean we also have those like uh ipads with apple pencils just like they had at the beginning of this yeah well you know what (laughs) also like that's why i think the propaganda is so appealing to me Mm -hmm. is because it's i I feel like i was just scrolling through twitter right yeah it was ve- it was very much Twitter ads. They're very quick little very bite size yep. seconds. Yeah. If you want to know more, click yeah. on it and if not scroll to the next one. Swipe right. up yeah. for more information. Yeah, yeah. Right. absolutely. Yeah. So some of the stuff was very like prescient in that uh, things like that have come to pass. I'm still waiting on my laser beam tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of tattoos, and Those... it would be 
I guess it would be handy to just get them lasered onto us. <laughs> I mean, we get them lasered off, so why not, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although Casper Van Dien was playing it like it hurt. I mean, he wasn't looked- just like eating a sandwich. He was like, ah, <laughs> a laser tattoo seems like it would be a little bit more burn that shit on you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now they're carving it into your body so that it still hurts. Right. But- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Casper Van Dien and that fucking body. Oh my God. That body, yadi, yadi, <laughs> that you can tell that that entire cast for that shower scene probably just worked their fucking ass off for. Right. For sure. Yeah. Or, but also they were pretty, I mean, they were, they were pretty young. So it's, you know what I mean? It's, it did. And he was One donut's not going to hurt. Exactly. You know what I mean? (laughs) And Casper Van Dien was probably in shape. Casper looks like a pretty small, compact guy too. Well, yeah, he's got like a little teeny tiny waist, Mm -hmm. but he was pretty broad shouldered. He had like, he had some mass on him. Yeah. His chest was pretty big. Yes. And this is still, this is 97. So we haven't gotten to this like, you know, super lean twink fantasy of like, you know, the last... 15 years right or else mph would have been on the field exactly (laughs) it was was kind of it was kind of like uh i mean that's what marvel stars look like now and you didn't see that a lot in movies like that i mean of course you had like jcvd (laughs) or that's the thing there were a handful of guys a handful of guys that did look like that but But, they were like but we always talk when you watch the original terminator just michael bean just looks like a dude yeah, for sure. Just looks like a guy. <laughs> yeah. Just like a thin guy. Well, I think that was to contrast Arnie. Arnie, yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> for sure. But um, so everybody kind of, they graduate their high school class and everybody kind of goes their separate ways. But I love this scene where it's NPH, Denise, and Casper. And they're like, well, and it's that classic like movie thing. We just graduated high school, so obviously we'll never see each other again. We're right. gonna make a we're gonna make a pact that <laughs> we're, we're gonna yes, be friends forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. I love this pact. Let's make a vow. No matter what, we'll always be friends. I'll go for that. Well, chances are we'll never see each other again. We'll be millions of light years away from each other. Yeah, sure. Why not? And that's that's the thing where I where I kind of think that this movie is I don't know that it's made specifically for kids. Maybe that's just again how Verhoeven directs it. But scenes like that, the dialogue, the acting style, it's almost a little sitcommy. It's it's mm-hmm. teen you know? soap opera, yeah. yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's it's so funny um, because those three were supposed to be the best of friends. Yeah. And yet, Denise and Neil never had a one-on-one scene nope. ever. That was my thing. I'm like, did they even speak to each other <laughs> at all? I'm like, your best friends, yet you haven't spoken to each yeah, other. Yeah, at least they, they would set that up now. They would show like them having one scene together. Right. Um, and is Dizzy part of this group? Is she an outsider? I mean, Dizzy did she sort go of a- to the prom with NPH, or is he just like creeping on her? I, I think he's kind of creeping on her. That. Yeah, he's very. Yeah, he's. Um, have you guys ever seen uh, Daria? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, he's very much like. Um, why can I not think of his name right now? The 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 redhead nerd oh. who's always hitting. Oh on, sure, uh, yeah, yeah. Like MPH is very either. much that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that that is very cute. Though. Mm-hmm. That was some, yeah, that was that was good stuff in that scene. And dizzy. Uh, I mean, she's fallen for Casper because, I mean, why would you not? Right. Because he's super <laughs> handsome. And she follows him to basic training. Right. Yes. What he did for Carmen, she did mm-hmm. for him. Yep. Oh, yeah. Very true. Yeah. 
And she, yeah, so uh, we cut. To, so that's the thing. Carmen immediately somehow she tests right into this like pilot program, right? Which I mean, if you're going to fly the space shuttle, I feel like you got to go through basic training. I would love at least go <laughs> at, at least go to flight school. Right. I mean, at the rate that they were dying in this movie, I'm pretty sure that the turnover for pilots they really yeah. didn't care. Yeah, you know what right. I mean. Right. But somehow they're just like, all right, come in. We're going to teach you how to fly this gigantic spaceship the size of like New York City. Right. <laughs> She's that smart. Or you know what? Also, I would I would I would I would say that probably since she does come from from a career family. Sure. That this is go. probably something that Legacy. she yeah, that yeah. she has been doing for a long time. Yeah. Um which is great for her. I so maybe guess. she was in like a magnet track to like. Correct. Uh, to they like, probably yeah, had like yeah. she was probably at school doing virtual reality flying. There you go. I like it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> On those iPad desks. Yes. Okay. And oh my god, but how cute! I mean, Casper sending the the video, <laughs> the video message, <laughs> the or cartoon drawing message, yeah. of him uh, of him in in mm-hmm. Carmen. Yes, that was super cute. Which it's this like line drawing side profile, but it looked exactly like them. <laughs> because they look like mannequins. <laughs> they look like they look like that thing. And remember Enchanted, where you're like the beginning of Enchanted is like animated. Yes, and you're like that. Really does look like Susan Sarandon. That, that really, really does, does look like James <laughs> yeah. Marsden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because James Marsden and Susan Sarandon faces look like cartoons. Yep. Yeah, oh, James Marsden. Mm. <laughs> but that's that kind of. He's got that thing, and I think Casper Van Dien has that thing too, where it's probably hard to cast him. Because he doesn't look like he's, normal because he's too Correct. handsome, right? And James Marsden, I think that kind of his that face, that James Marsden face, it's mm-hmm. like congratulations, yeah, congratulations on that face, dude, yeah. But it probably holds him back from getting roles because he looks so different. We have to briefly mention who else is one of their teachers. Oh, Blanche Devereaux, Rue <laughs> McClanahan, Rue McCall- yeah. a very special appearance yeah. from Blanche from the Golden Girls. And so is the perfect selfless member of society. But humans have created art, mathematics, and interstellar travel. But before you let that go to your head, take the example of the arachnids, a highly evolved insect society. By human standards, they are relatively stupid. But their evolution stretches over millions of years. And now, they can colonize planets. By hurling their spore into space. Yeah, I think we got it. As a blind as a blind as a bat. (laughs) Blind and has burns like on her face scars. yeah or uh, sunburn is what I, well I, I, th- I think the idea too is that all the teachers are like maimed right right because they clearly disservice yes mm-hmm. that's the thing mm-hmm. so like michael ironside which is this teacher that you know casper van dean looks up to fully just missing an arm yeah you know what if she was sprayed by the acid from one Ooh, of the there bugs you go. yeah how long do you think these bugs have been sending these meteors to earth in the universe of this movie, I think this war has been going on for a while. Okay, I mean, it, I mean, it would have had to have been right yeah. for sure. Because this like high school class fully has like an entire classroom full of like big old bug Bugs. carcasses yeah. for them to dissect with no rubber gloves on. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> stick your hands right in there. Right. We had to wear rubber gloves when we dissected earthworms. I, I never got to dissect anything in high school. Oh, I dissected everything. I dissected earthworms, frogs. I did a fetal pig Ugh. in high school. Yes. 
It was awful. <laughs> yeah, and you got to wear gloves. Maybe it's the future. Maybe they have some sort of like spray on like adhesive <laughs> thing. Latex gloves. Yeah, it's like spray on right. hand, and then you're like. Clean. I mean, Jake Busey did get a knife thrown at his hand, and it healed yeah, pretty fast. Then it, yeah. All he did was ha- he just had that like the future. He just had that like Jello like cast on, and then his like hand was normal. Mm-hmm. He's playing the violin. <laughs> <laughs> playing that. Bo- it's like, sir, if you could play the violin so well, I don't know why you're doing service, right? It's like you guys have other skills. That's what I really. That's that's. I mean, obviously, it drives home. Yeah. The point of this being, you know, a pro military state. Yeah. Well, actually. I mean, we we keep going back to the shower scene, but it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose because they're created equal. Like, why would we divide up our showers no, from male and female? But not, well, yes. I, yes. Do, I like that. I never thought yeah, about that. But they also ask you, the one guy with the crazy blue eyes asks everybody, why did you join? Like, why are you here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one woman says, like, I want to go into politics. The one guy says, I just don't want to work on my parents' farm. Right. Yeah. The one guy says, I went to Harvard. And he says says it like that. (laughs) I got into Harvard. Harvard. And and if you notice, he's the only Latin-looking one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, fun fact about that actor, he's not Latin. Uh, He is Pacific Islander. Oh, okay. I know that because he was on uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, sure. He's... He's married to Elizabeth. He's uh, married to Elizabeth uh, Reeser. Elizabeth Reeser. Yes. Sure. And uh, and I looked him up then. I was like, oh, I wonder what uh, kind of Latin this guy is. Oh, none at all. <laughs> <laughs> he is fully Filipino. Um, but yeah, so he went to Harvard, but I forgot what his reason was. Something something was going to be cheaper mm. or something. Because I think that paid for. They yes. paid yeah, yeah, they they for, yeah, mm-hmm. for the entire education. Yeah. One woman says that she wants to have children and it's easier to get a license when you're a citizen. So right. they're even putting regulations on legally having children, you know, all this is how like far and wide this like fascist state is. Right. So that's kind of what they're showing off there. And and is Rico the only one that's just like I joined for a girl. Right. No, Dizzy says like he joined for a girl. Hey Rico, your turn. Why should you to be so nosy? What, I'm the bad guy? I'm going to be a writer. You know, a writer's got a right to be nosy. In Flores. You know Rico from Buenos Aires. What's his story? Oh, uh... He's here because of a girl. Then slaps, and gets, then slaps that beautiful and then ass. Slaps mm. that ass. And then he gets all huffy and like walks out. So I was, when we were watching the commentary, um, they were talking about shooting the scene mm-hmm. of just like, they were just like, oh my God, like we have to all get naked. So, well, they said it was very early in the shoot. And because there's the shoot, yep. so many of them in the scene that not all of them knew each other. Right. That some of the other just background people, they had just like, hi. Let's all take our pants off. Right. So and then it was Dina like, Meyer oh. tells this funny story of talking to Paul because it's kind of funny of just sort of Dina's relationship with Paul because she seems like someone that kind of calls him out. Yeah. Yeah. Of when he's being difficult, <clears throat> like a scene like this. And mm-hmm. she, and he's just like, come on, like, what are you? All of you Americans are just so uptight that you just can't take your clothes off for the scene. And Dina Meyer's was, Meyer was just like, well, why don't you take off your pants? 
Right. And see, and I guess that's how he, he directed the scene. That's how, that's what I heard. Is that yeah. he directed he it naked, naked yeah. with the DP. And it's funny because that's a little tidbit that's like in the IMDb trivia and it's probably on the Wikipedia page. But in the commentary, Casper Van Dien's like, you're the one that told him that. And she's like, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fully well. Dina Meyer that was like, hey. And she kind of says like, well, I was kind of just like not even daring him, just kind of. Kind of trying to be funny, like, right, oh, I want right. to take your pants All off. All right, and Mr. Then, Director, <laughs> that wants to do nudity, why don't you take off your pants? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but again, that's that, like, you're, you know, standards of like nudity and bodies and sexuality is is different in Europe. Mm-hmm. He's from Denmark. I think he's from Denmark. Um, do you guys oh. know if that scene was in the script before? Interesting. The oh, I don't actors know. even, you know what I mean? Right, Did Denise right. go in knowing that she was going to have to be? Well, Denise is. Well, Denise is. Yeah, yeah. correct. <laughs> and neither right, is right. NPH. Right, right. <laughs> I'm uh, sure that they did. Yeah. Well, and also all of these actors would have signed on to this movie. Probably have seen having seen Showgirls too. Oh, that's true. So that's I think true. that just sort of, and also the Sharon Stone scene from Basic Instinct. Yeah, shout out to our Basic Instinct episode of Chip oh, Hope. Yeah. Um, so I think that just sort of he had that reputation as a director of you probably will have to take your clothes off. Right, you're going to be showing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, he is from the Netherlands. Okay, okay. from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that Paul Verhoeven probably just has the outlook of these are beautiful actors. Why wouldn't she want to show off her bodies? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm thankful. And by the way, Casper Van Dien today still hot, still still can get still it. Hot. I mean, Casper Van Dien, the old hardest, man Rico, the hardest, <laughs> the hardest working man in showbiz, <laughs> like a hundred and. 30 some credits on on IMDb. So that guy just be working. Yeah. yeah. Just like booked and blessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what when you noticed uh on IMDb, so he's got 131 credits. Uh he was just in um Oh, he's in Dying is Easy. That's so cool. Okay, so he was just in Alita Battle Angel. Which we saw in the theater. I love that movie. It's a motion capture <laughs> performance, and I remember... Do you remember him in that movie? I don't. I remember either. seeing his name in the credits and just being like, oh, okay. I mean, it is a motion capture performance, but you see his face. Yeah. He just has, like, a one eye, like, Borg, like, implant. Is he... And he fought with... Yeah. Uh, Aaliyah? I think, I think so, yeah. So he's kind of shirtless with, like, a harness situation. Gotcha. And his face... It's mostly his face, but he has, like, a one, like, robot eye. Right, right. And uh, his character's name is... Uh, God, what year was Alita? Amok? 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 I don't know. Well, he's in Alita. Look him up. But he's also in uh, a... Batman fan film. I was going to say, oh, Dying yeah. is Easy. Dying I'm is not easy. super familiar with this, but yeah. it has... Um, it's got a lot of people in it. Doug Jones is the Riddler in it mm-hmm. and Michael Madsen. Yeah. So interesting. I'd never heard of this movie. Yeah, I was looking it up the other day. Uh, Jamie Costa, who I kind of love because I'm a nerd, is in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's this like 30, 45 minute Batman fan film. And... and uh, he played Commissioner Gordon, right? Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like James Van... Or James Vanderbeek. Oh, my God. Oh. James Vanderbeek James wishes Vanderbeek. he was in this movie. Where am I going? <laughs> yeah. Whew, no way. Casper Van Dien. He's hotter. Wrong, uh, wrong Dutchman. 
<laughs> I mean, they're eerily similar. They look eerily similar. They do. They have that like very square. Their their bodies are made of squares. <laughs> <laughs> if you're to draw them out, Casper's more handsome though. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But I mean, he's still working it out, and and he's a hot Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movie. So okay, so where are we in Starship Troopers? I mean, there's so much going. on. So much. <laughs> there's so much going on. So okay. Oh, okay. So. Last thing we had said was um, Izzy had joined for uh, Dizzy had joined for Rico, Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's this weird power struggle that happens throughout the next maybe twenty minutes of the film of who's going to be squad leader. Yes, yeah. So Rico's whole thing is that he was kind of too dumb to 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 place into anything else than. Like frontline infantry, infantry right. right? So now he's in frontline infantry, but while he's there, he's excelling. Is he? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he eventually does make squad leader. But then there's like this crazy accident because they're using live ammunition, crazy, and a training thing. I mean, Pete said it when we were watching that scene. But when he took off his helmet, I mean that. Ammunition is coming straight for his face. Yeah. If, uh, if that guy would be, kept his helmet on, he would be dying anyway. Anyway, still been dead. It's like, what are those? The helmets made out of vibranium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some issues with all of their armor. Yeah. First of all, mm-hmm. it's like a tank top of armor. Yeah. Their whole <laughs> ass very sleeves, practical. Yeah. Their whole ass arms are out. Right. Their their helmets are like a skateboarding helmet. Right. Only cover like, their ears. Yeah. <laughs> None of their faces covered. Um, I don't think they have anything on their legs. It is the craziest armor ever. But also, in the books, in the source material, the whole idea is that the army is wearing um, – what is the Tom Cruise movie with Emily Blunt? Uh, uh, n- n- Live, die, repeat. Yes, but there was. Remember, but there was also the another title. There was also another title. Yeah. yeah. What is the real t- title? Never. It's something. Uh, the day after? No, it's not the day after. Is it about repeat? The edge of tomorrow. Uh, Edge of tomorrow. Is it? Is it? Well, at any rate, (laughs) the edge of tomorrow also feels like it should be directed by Paul Verhoeven too. (laughs) It's it's Doug Liman, but yeah, 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 for sure. It definitely fits. Yeah, it's Edge of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Is that funny? I enjoyed that movie. Great, Mm -hmm. great movie. Love it. And remember the armor that they're wearing in that movie. That is what in the book. That's the whole deal, is that they're wearing these mechanized suits, right? And they just kind of were like, nope. And I think a big part of that was in 1997, there was no way that they were going to make, that they were going to be able to do believable mechanized armor suits for an entire, like, Sure. It's not true. It's it's not built in the budget. We have to do these costumes- Yes. On a reasonable yeah. budget. Well, c- probably because the entire budget went towards those special effects. Which, Which age really well. Up. I mean, there's <laughs> space scenes that just look like you could drop those scenes in The Last Jedi. <laughs> and they would yeah. they would right. be right at home. Right. It was nominated for the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. It lost to Titanic. That's crazy. That yeah. is really crazy. You know, but it's like there are, you know, these like B and like C and D movies that come out today that don't look as good as this. Yeah. Like the bugs, when mm-hmm. there are people in a scene with the bugs, it's like, it's, they're right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the meanwhile, stuff, put on like beautiful. the mummy returns and you see Ugh. the end of that movie with the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which came out 
three, four years later, mm-hmm. and it's and it looks worse. Terrible. Yeah. So the special effects hold up really well, but they weren't able to do the mechanized suits. But you know, we got them what twenty years later in Edge of Tomorrow. So go watch that <laughs> if you want to. Edge of Tomorrow have insects because that's the whole thing with the insects. Is that yes? It's they're that bugs. time loop. Yeah, they're they're it's fighting that time like, loop. That's sort of creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. creatures. I mean, they're kind of insecty, but they're and I think that Edge of Tomorrow is based on a manga. It is. I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So there's a weird situation with this live ammunition. Somebody gets killed. Rico was the squad leader for like five minutes, right? And he was the one responsible for telling him to take off to his take helmet. off the helmet he had malfunction in the helmet he's like give me your helmet i'm gonna fix it boom shot in the face this leads to like some crazy shit yeah <laughs> yeah the bds the bdsm whipping scene oh. so, and because his dad referenced corporal punishment his dad referenced the corporal punishment of being whipped earlier in the movie so mm-hmm. this is just like a Thursday. Right. Yeah. He says, like, I'd rather take mm-hmm. lashings in the public square than, yeah. than whatever. Yeah. And at that point, you think he's being sarcastic? Overdramatic? Yeah. Oh, no, but this is something quite literally that, literally that they do. Yeah. I kind of wanted the whip to, to be, like, electrified or something. Because it's, like, the sci-fi. Like, oh. in the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to have, like, a, like, lighting effect on it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, that would happen now if this movie was oh, made yeah. out, for he sure. Gets his, he gets his public flogging. Yeah. Takes off that shirt with that jacked body. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the one girl that like accidentally shoots the guy, she gets kicked out. The one guy's dead. And Rico's like, he gets flogged and then he just quits. Yeah. Which I don't know. Out of character? Maybe. I mean, if you were responsible for somebody's death, I think yeah, I would I would probably true. want to leave the industry that I was in. Yeah, true. But then it's like at this very moment that there's this huge like outbreak, war starts, the bugs are like coming to earth, they're making their way here, and so everybody like at, it's like literally at the moment that he's walking to the door. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's very true, yes. They like stops, turns around. And also uh where they're from Clendathu? Clendathu. <laughs> It's like oh, um, it's been destroyed, right? <laughs> right. So, so I think he has nothing to go back. He has he has nothing to go back. Oh, to. Buenos Aires was but, destroyed. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's it's important to 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 let everybody know that humankind got themselves in this situation, <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a it's a weird thing when you when you look at it because they began colonizing other planets. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know worlds beyond our galaxy is it um, the mormons that liked <laughs> <laughs> and it's like um they are so unaware that maybe the inhabitants of these planets are retaliating yeah out of self-defense yeah. and not out of aggression and what does america i'm, I'm just gonna say america <laughs> at this point what does america do yeah. they retaliate with aggression with more aggression yeah and it's like you guys got to understand you're 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 colonizing other people's planets yeah we get set up very early on kind of in a little throwaway one of the propaganda scenes that there's a mormon colony that has set up on yes this little rock i remember way that. out somewhere yeah and mormon extremists yes mormon extremists mm-hmm. and you're just like oh that's funny mormon extremists they're like setting up but then what happens is like yeah, there were bugs there. Yeah. And the bugs came and killed all the Mormons. And I mean, bodies uh, littered everywhere. Yeah, li- <laughs> like ripped apart. It's 
gory. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then so the military's like, okay, let's let's get over here and just bomb the hell out of this planet. The scenes, though, the action scenes where they're shooting the bugs, it's crazy because mm-hmm. these bug creatures are the size of like a school bus, first mm-hmm. of all, like right. one of them. And the humans, when they're shooting them, it takes like they've got these giant machine guns and it takes like two or three of them to like empty their machine guns. <laughs> Can't they just and bomb the ser- like bomb the areas? Yeah. And like they're doing this and like one bug goes down. Right. After, like, three people empty out a whole gun on one bug, and it goes down. Then, like, the camera will pan up, and it's, like, 50 million bugs yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. coming towards you. So like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, you're doomed. <laughs> what the hell are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is pointless. The only good... What, what is it? The only good... The only good, good bug, bug is, is a dead, dead bug. bug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, yeah, you're right, Scott. It's like, why, why are they even sending, like, ground troops to... What this is so like well, inefficient? I mean, if if we if we if we really think about it, it's the the um, the right wing you know militarism. It's like yeah. if you, the only way you're going to serve your country, the only way you really can serve your country mm-hmm. is on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And it's like no, I would m- much rather be have been like uh, uh, Rico Johnny Rico's mom and be like, um, no, we want you to go to college. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going to college. Yeah, finish up your education. <laughs> All right, you're going to pay for it. Sweet. Um, I love the scenes, though, the propaganda scenes that cut to the military with kids. That's very RoboCop yeah. 2. Passing the guns around yes. and the bullets mm-hmm. and the kids, like, tug of war with a machine gun. And it's we were just watching <laughs> RoboCop 2, and that has, like, an army of children Yeah, mm-hmm. that are, like... <laughs> well, one of the main villains is, like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, like, a drug lord. right 13 um i do also love the scene where where they say the only good bug is a dead bug and all the kids are stomping on the cockroaches yes and let me tell you those are madagascar hissing cockroaches and those kids are stomping the fuck out (laughs) this is real (laughs) i mean going to town they're they're enjoying it yeah yeah and you know you can you can buy madagascar hissing cockroaches as like a pet at like PetSmart. Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) they're big yeah I wouldn't want to step on one of those. It's gross. Yeah. The goo. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the size of your palm. They're huge. Okay. Anytime in a movie where it's like they need a big scary bug or a big cockroach, it's always a Madagascar hissing cockroach. Absolutely. You know what they look like. It's, right. They're big brown. They got stripes. They're good movie bugs. They're great movie bugs. And they actually hiss, by the way. Do they? Yes, they do. Interesting. I used to work at a children's museum and we had uh, an educational museum and we had Lots of insects, and I've held them in my hands and oh, showed them no. to kids. And if you prod them in just the right way, they will fully hiss, and it's crazy. So I'm terrified of bugs, <laughs> yeah. and so I think that's probably why this movie really scared me as a kid. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, w- I mean, <laughs> like I said, I was sitting there watching watching it glued to the TV, but I was definitely like those bugs. Oh, yeah. and, and my dad gave me a fair warning. Like he was like <laughs> he was like, I, you know, I, you probably shouldn't be watching this at your age, but I I think you would enjoy it. And, yeah, and the, they. The bug aliens in the movie don't really look like any specific kind of bug that we have here. So it's not like they just look like big, you know, praying mantis or anything. Right. They kind of look like a combination of lots of things. Yeah. But they still have those elements that you're just like, ugh. Yeah. That is awful. Yeah. I hate that. I think it's kind of interesting of the insects of why they're in the movie that 
I was reading an interview with him where he talked about sort of the political correctness of the movie. If it's big insects, insects, you can shoot them to pieces and no one cares. It's sort of tying into the statement of this movie that insects are the shared enemy that you're just sort of removed from. Yeah, I get that. It's the it's the thing in the military of mm-hmm. dehumanizing the enemy. Yeah. And also, like I said, it's just it's it's as much as they want to do that, there are some of us who remember and who know it's like, yeah, but you started this. Yeah. You, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like totally. It's like yeah. you you want us to 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 be against the bugs, yeah. but you started this. Yeah. But it's like there's a reason that like, you know, the military in every like in Vietnam and Korea, you know, in World War II, that they had these like horribly offensive nicknames mm-hmm. for the nationals that they were fighting against. Right. It was to dehumanize them to the to the infantry. So right. that it's like, oh, it's I'm not even gonna say them because they're awful. <laughs> but it's like, oh, it's not a person, it's just whatever, you right. know. And so yeah, it's the same thing here. It's like they're actually literally bugs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're on a bug hunt, um, and they're and they're gross. I mean, it's way later in the movie, but the big like mother brain <sighs> butthole bug. Yes, is, like, yes. That thing is awful. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah, and it's still to this day. It's just like who designed? <laughs> <laughs> There's actually I didn't get. To, I I have not gotten to watch it. Um, but I did run across videos mm-hmm. of, um, sort of that process and then making the tanker buzz yeah. and the, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I That's was very cool. interested in seeing that. Yeah. yeah. Cause a lot of it too is, um, we're talking a lot about the CGI and how good it is, but there's a lot of puppetry in this movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. There's some practical and effects re- here. Yeah. Really good work. Um, I still don't know how the hell they did that thing where the bug, like, impales Casper Van Dien's leg. Yeah. Because he pulls it out of his leg. It's like really cool effect. Right. He pulls it out of his leg and it's like, wow, that's kind of amazing. In this last act of the movie, it's like Denise Richards has like a bug arm through her shoulder oh, yeah. and then she just gets up and walks away. <laughs> yeah. Casper has one go through his leg. Well, gets up and walks away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Dizzy dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in like one of the battle scenes, Casper k- takes like a bug like spear to the leg, but and he does kind of crawl away, and you think he dies, and it's like a very it's a good kind of uh, little misdirect, but then he wakes up in like the back to tank, you know, floating in water. Mm-hmm. His Luke Skywalker his Luke scene Skywalker from moment. Empire, although he's just wearing his like army like little shorty shorts, mm-hmm. his little ranger panties. Yeah, <laughs> I know that they're called ranger panties. <laughs> he's wearing his little ranger panties in the water. He could have been nude. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Throw us a bone. Right. Uh, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, there's some interesting stuff in the middle with uh, Carmen, Denise Richards, when she breaks up with him over like an email. 
Yes. And the acting, I'm telling you, in this video message. Yes. The, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. just like, look at this view. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, well, I, wouldn't you just love it? I wish you were here. That's I mean, this fighting is, for. I mean, right. this is why they cast Denise in Drop Dead Gorgeous two years later. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's like delivery is her delivery like this. Yeah. It's very, it's very pageant. Yes. <laughs> very pageanty. But, um, you know, she breaks up with him because she decides she's going career. Right. She's going to stay in the military because she's advancing real fast. And she meets up with the, the guy, the fake Eric McCormick. You think he looks like Eric McCormick? A little I bit. Think- <laughs> <laughs> I see a little Eric McCormick in there. The weird hair. I don't understand this hair on him. It's so like... I don't. I can't even describe it. Right. <laughs> it's very uh, poofy, very quaffed, moose. Yeah, yeah. Lots, very quaffed. Um, she meets up with the, the other football player guy. They just happen to be in the same ship, right. the Roger Young. And um, so, is she having a romance with him? Is she not? I see it. Well, I think that was one of the things that they had to pull back on when they tested this movie. Was that test audiences really hated that character? Like having they didn't like, like Denise uh, flirting so much with yes. cheating on Casper Vendi, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that was the idea, and they yeah. had to cut all of those scenes. I don't even see it as like dangerously close to flirting. Like yeah, she, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> she, she, but I also see the thing that that I really like about Carmen, and especially if we were. You know, seeing this movie in 2020 and when mm-hmm. we're thinking about it in those terms, she used a man to – because that that was her her first yeah. – what really attracted her to him was, oh, you're in the flight academy? That's where I'm going mm-hmm. to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, oh, that's an ambitious woman. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I saw it as more like, yeah, she was flirting with this man, um, but it was for her to get ahead. Yeah. Whatever. She, she must have learned some sort of – intel or information or skill from him that projected her yeah further it's interesting though because at the beginning of the movie it seems like they're the same age but then it also seems like he's ahead of her, her by right in the academy so i don't mm-hmm. because it seems like right because they're playing football yeah and then it almost seems like he shouldn't be in high school yeah. for sure especially if he's in the academy um and then they definitely seem like they're just seniors in high school. Yeah, yeah. But then later on when she meets him, it seems like he's almost her superior. Yes. But it's like... Maybe by rank? Start, yeah. Oh, wait. No, well... But didn't you start off at the same time if you graduated at the same time? I don't know. Who knows? Well, he was already there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was already there, so... so he's just still playing football oh, for his... <laughs> Alma mater. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Let's not let's not dig too deep. Into right, this one. <laughs> right. Like I said, you have to yeah. watch Paul movies with a suspended disbelief. Yes, absolutely. Um, so okay, so Carmen's on this track to like you know she's she's already outranked Rico right at this point in the movie, and this is when he's just like kind of come to terms like okay, like she's. They they call it something I forgot what they call it but he's like you know we don't we don't mix together right like our our guys stay with our guys mm-hmm. you guys stay over there and you know whatever so he's kind of cool with with Carmen being off to you know to her own thing so we eventually have to get to this like last battle 
with the with that starts off at, with the Mormons right. and then just ends up on this like this planet. <laughs> is this the bug home planet? It's hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> the, the I think it is. I right? think it is. I think yeah, it's the bug home I planet. believe it's the whole bug so, home yeah. planet. Wait a minute, because that was a- the reason the the Mormons went there. Oh, I was going to say like, we're going to call them. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of miss that these are the Mormons that were yeah. settling it. Yeah. That's the, when they get there, that's like, that's the settlement that's all like, like, uh, and that's like, where Michael like Ironside gets his legs bit off. Alien style. Oh, yeah. That was a good, that was, <laughs> those scenes. Okay. So there's some gory shit in these battles. So Michael Ironside, who already is missing a whole ass arm. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, had a prosthetic, and now he's got like a robot arm. Right now, he gets like eaten by a tank bug, and when they pull him out, they do that thing where they his body's like halfway submerged in the sand, and they pull him out, legs gone, <laughs> awful. And then, like he and Rico had this conversation like earlier in the movie because he saw one guy get taken by like a pterodactyl bug, mm-hmm. and when the pterodactyl bug dropped the guy off in the nest. Michael Ironside goes to like he aims with the gun and you think he's gonna shoot the bug? Shoots the guy. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I expect you to do the same for me. And so what does Rico do when his legs are half bitten off? Right. Shoots, Shoots up. up. <laughs> we have to give a shout out to Greg Travis from Showgirls. He's Phil who works for the for the casino that Nomi. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that goes in uh Gets Nomi at the cheetah, and where is he in this? He's is he the he one that's in is the closet? A correspondent. Oh, he's on the news. On the news, he's the one that that yep. he says it's an ugly planet, mm-hmm. a, a bug planet, and he gets chopped in half. A part of the Her- the Verhoeven repertoire. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. So people are getting chopped in half. They're getting their legs ripped off. That one chick who gets the acid spray. Yes, and her arm just melts. melts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. So disgusting. To say the least of what happens when, you know, we're on this, like, on the bug planet and uh, they get trapped with this brain bug. Mm -hmm. So awful. Like, disgusting, I mean. And this brain bug is almost like the queen from Alien. Yeah. It's sort of like they're... They're alien. They're like they're bug hub. So they figured out that it can do this thing where if it like pierces your brain, it can like because it sucks out all your brain, brains, out all yeah. your skull. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it knows your thoughts. I think. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then it knows your thoughts, and that's how it like kind of like uh, got the jump on them. Yeah. To like like messed up their plans and like and isn't that a whole thing? I mean, we were just talking about the edge of tomorrow. Isn't that a part of? Isn't that sort of built into the story of the edge of tomorrow? Kind of that <laughs> they're sort of like anticipating what their moves are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. why they keep like resetting mm-hmm. the time loop or whatever. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, edge of tomorrow. Bunch of thieves. <laughs> <laughs> just watch Starship Troopers. <laughs> so. um yeah, so Johnny Rico and his team are in there. Oh, Izzy just fully gets ripped to shreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of, I'm watching it and I'm just like, what the hell? And I it's forget kind, every it's, time. It's kind of a throwaway moment of the movie that you're like, oh, now she's gone. I forget every time. I read um, <laughs> something that said like with the, the, the audience testing that they would have preferred Carmen to have died. And it's like, wow. Yeah, people really were more invested in their in Dizzy and Which I see why, just because Izzy I think is the more uh 
maybe you could just sort of see yourself in Izzy a little more because she's with your protagonist. When they have, you're with, uh, she's with him on his journey. When they have that like little R and R camping night. Yes, and they have their their Bit moment, moment. Yeah. in the tent, and she's just like, "All right, let's fuck. We've got like all night." Yeah, that was awesome. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm 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 loving this. Yeah, and I love when the you know Michael Ironside walks in. He's like, "Oh, we got to leave." You know, like we you know R and R's over. We got to go, and he's like, "Who's under there with you?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so funny because this movie really I think was aside from Titanic mm-hmm. was. The first time that I had seen nudity on screen. Yeah. And not knowing, I mean, I'm eight years old, naked bodies, yeah. naked bodies. <laughs> but like watching that movie, you know, as a teenager, um, I view things a little differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That scene between um, Johnny Rico and, and Dizzy is probably. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best. Yeah, totally. you never see it's a good you, scene. You never see shit like that in mainstream Hollywood movies now. No, you never see yeah. that. No, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Bring back casual nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back casual nudity. So uh, in this final showdown, it's like this crazy bug fight. They're being totally overrun with bugs. Rico just had to kill Michael Ironside. Uh, you know. It's all going to shit. You think they're going to die. And then all of a sudden, they get saved. And they get saved by Carmen and fake Eric McCormick. Yeah. And you're like, okay, sweet. So we're out of here. And then they crash land right into, like, the bug. And they're taken as prisoners, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By, like, these super intelligent bugs, right? Mm -hmm. Because now they're not killing them. Yeah. They're like... They need information. Yeah. Yeah. So we get these, we get the two of them get fully like stabbed and impaled through their backs and are still alive. He throws, he throws Carmen a little knife, little pocket knife. She hides a pocket knife and then he fully gets stabbed in the brain, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. brain sucked out. And she's just kind of like watching like, ah, like screaming. Doesn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, she stabbed through like. The back and shoulder and out the other side. So what's she going to do? Right. Right. But um, they drag her over. They're going to do the same thing to her. And she's got the little pocket knife. And she, like, stabs the big alien butthole mother alien creature. Right. And it's, like, you know, screaming. And they come in and they save the day. Because they have, like, one bomb left. And they blow it all to hell. Then Neil Patrick Harris comes in and, like... Does some like psychic, great psychic friends network on the, on the mother bug, <laughs> and this is when their uniforms really, really start like, to look like Nazis. Nazis yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, especially theirs though. Yeah. Uh, Neil Patrick, Harris, mm-hmm. like I mean, to it's the like team. they're not yeah. being they're not being subtle, subtle anymore with the costumes. It's it's straight up like Raiders Ra- 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 of the Lost Ark, the eagle yeah. on the on the mm-hmm. on the arm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's mm. Yeah. And Neil Patrick Harris, we have to say, because he's psychic, he got placed into military intelligence right out of high school and like blew through the ranks. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he's just like extra psychic. <laughs> or something. <laughs> extra psychic. So, and at this point, when we see him, he's got like dark circles under his eyes and he's like super skinny to begin with. Right. And like just super like cheekbones and all that. But I think they're trying to go for this like he's been through it. Right. All, you know, these past however many years it's been, I guess, at this point. So, yeah. So he's high up there in military intelligence and these guys, yeah, they're straight 
up. Yes. <laughs> like part of the Reich. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not even not even playing around anymore. And um yeah, they pull out the the like the queen alien and everybody just like celebrates like we got them and it's just like all right, you guys are on their planet. Right, get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So and it kind of ends with well, at this point Carmen again who has like a baseball size hole in mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. yeah, in her shoulder is just like, like she's she's not bleeding out. Right. Right. <laughs> she's walking out arm in arm with with Rico and and NPH Carl, I think his name Carl, is Carl. Yeah. Uh Jenkins or something, something <laughs> weird like that. Like it's just, it's, it's the weirdest. Why are they, yeah, his last name is Jenkins. Why are they Rico and Ibanez and he's Jenkins? Yeah, <laughs> That's so weird. So weird. That's so weird. Oh my god. So yeah, so it ends on this note of like we're back together again, guys. The three of us, the as gang's best been, friends, the gang's been reunited. Yeah. Everybody we love is dead except us. <laughs> Told you we would be friends forever. Yeah. See, everybody didn't make that pact. If right. they, had, <laughs> they would still they, be alive. Yeah. I mean, just goes to show you. Um, so, yeah. So, the ending is like it, like the good guys, mm-hmm. quote unquote, like win. But, again, it's this like intentionally satirical war movie. So, that's – of course, that's going to be the ending. Right. You know? I think that I read a quote of Verhoeven saying that war makes fascists of us all. Mm. Isn't that like a famous quote? Yeah, Cliff Notes. I think that's a famous quote. <laughs> the great philosopher Anonymous, right? Yeah, once said that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So they've all kind of gone through their own trajectories, but they still kind of come back to each other at the end, right? Now, have you seen any of the sequels? Because there's like oh, four of these. Yeah, movies. I've seen all of them. <gasps> wow, I and love Starship Troopers that much. Oh, and wow, is it funny. one of those things, kind of like with the original RoboCop, like? The first RoboCop is just sort of there's a lot going on with it, and then it just sort of the materials just sort of became what it was sort of right trying to uh, satirize. Yes, yes. Is that sort of what became of the Starship Trooper movies? Yes, and the <laughs> fact that um, the writer still wrote he wrote number one, number two, and I believe number four. Okay, and I mean they're obviously they're not as great as the first. Oh one. yeah. And they, Casper comes back for one of them, two of them, two, two, of them? two, the second and the fourth. Okay, wow. So only one of them was animated then. That's in addition to the animated. Oh, movie. okay. Yeah. So, oh, all right, all right. I thought like the the first official sequel was animated, but I'm wrong. Okay. So surprise, surprise! This movie did not quite do so well <laughs> with audiences or critics when it came out but it's sort of just one of those movies that time has been really kind to this movie and there's definitely been a reassessment of this movie as a political and a military satire and sometimes whenever you look at best lists of the 90s starship troopers is usually on there yeah from I think that it may have made like sight and sounds list of like the best movies to come out of the nineties. But it's definitely a movie that has aged really well because I think that audiences now can wrap their mind around material like this a little better than they could in ninety seven. I mean, it was just panned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. just pan- I, I I I didn't understand why. It's it 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 really was a wonderful film for me yeah it's just people taking it so much of face value that you really can't see what they're going for 
with a movie like this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that had to be it because it's there's there's so much more to it. And I don't I don't understand that after you maybe seeing the marketing and you're just like, "Oh, okay, standard sci-fi space war movie." But then when you're watching it, you I don't understand people watching and going like, "Oh yeah, this is totally 100% uh serious." Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. How can you think? Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's obviously like sending up. Now, do you think that maybe it was the the right wing militarism and the pro fascism that made people pan the movie, or do we just think Paul made a bad movie? <laughs> I think part of it is that, but I also think part of it is this heightened kind of like teen drama mm-hmm. style of acting mm-hmm. that people are like oh i think on the surface if you're not doing any homework at all and you're just like scrolling through and it's just on tbs it looks like a b movie yeah 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 and I, so i think people are like oh this is obviously not like a, like as well made as it could be right so i think people just kind of see it and and take it like you said at face value and they're just like it's corny it's over the top it looks fake blah 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 but it's like if you actually take the time to watch it you kind of realize that that's all that serves a purpose mm-hmm. you know in the it's not quite the gone at the wind that like his showgirls is that <laughs> showgirls is just such a bag of crazy that that's what makes, makes it, it fun right like what are your what's your relationship with showgirls oh my god i love showgirls so good. it's one of <laughs> so my favorite good. movies yeah shout out to our showgirls episode i'm li- that's um, that's just me all the time. I just love showgirls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's too. It's it's good. It's 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 fun. And showgirls it's also fun until it isn't. And showgirls also <laughs> has that extra layer of Joe Esterhouse that really yeah, that makes script. the movie like crazy. Mm-hmm. Of just sort of has any of these men actually had a conversation with a woman with a woman in their life? Right. <laughs> yeah, but Joe Esterhouse didn't have a hand in writing this one. Yeah. But we still have Verhoeven and his interesting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the casting and the, like, whitewashing of the characters. Yeah. But we didn't really talk about... I don't know if it's even really mentioned anywhere why those choices were made. Um, if it was just like, this is an American movie, this is a big, big budget American movie, so maybe it's set in Argentina, but... But clearly, you're going to be putting We're gonna beautiful white them. actors yeah, in them. Yeah. yeah. Then why not just set it in, like, the United States? Right? Yeah. Why even keep that part of it mm-hmm. where it's, you know, South America? I mean, maybe it's this thing that it's so far into the future that it's like, who cares that it's South America? I don't know. But again, it's like, those questions haven't really been answered. Right. <laughs> right. Roman. It's like every character has... An ethnic name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then white features. <laughs> and then they look like how and they then, look. Right. <laughs> Which I get to sort of to make this material work for its audience. Maybe you need a very Aryan, good-looking male like Casper Van Dien <laughs> as your lead. Yeah. Just to sort of... I can understand. Yeah. I can yeah. understand that. But why didn't we sprinkle a I know, exactly. little bit of yeah. spice yeah. anywhere? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Carl Jenkins could have been a black man. I'm <laughs> sure with him like Carl Jenkins. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's the other thing too. It's like if he would have gone so far as to 
change the names, change the location. Then it would have been even. Mm-hmm. Would have been worse. Would have been like now you're really whitewashing it. Like these, this was set in South America. They had Latin names, and you just completely changed it all. It's like you can't win, right? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, was I think we're thinking from the mindset of 2020? Yeah, true. Where it's like yeah. in 1996 when this movie was being Maybe, filmed. Yeah. It's I don't think anybody really cared yeah totally yeah studios didn't care yeah it wasn't really a discussion that people were having right yeah so we were just watching tammy adrian george who plays uh what's her name it's um the one black character the one one black character character. i don't even know i don't even know what i could i couldn't tell her name dejana dejana d well anyways we were just watching roe michelle's high school reunion and do you remember where she's in in the movie pete wait hold on uh, Romeo and Michelle. I mean, that movie doesn't have a lot of black people either. Right. So it's when Mira Sorvino <laughs> goes to Singled Out. I know I'm supposed to wait in that line, but listen, I wouldn't even be here if this weren't like a dating emergency. Our cutoff is 25. Try VH1. Oh, okay. And she's the one that's like, our cutoff age is 25. Try VH1. <laughs> oh, and I remember watching Romy Michelle the other night and just being like, wasn't I just watching a movie with her? And it was Starship Troopers. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't remember that. Um, actually, when we were watching Romy and Michelle, I was looking down at that point. So I, I, <laughs> I looked up and I was like, oh, I just mm-hmm. missed the, I just missed the uh, singled out scene. Okay. So yeah. And she was, and she's the one that accidentally shot the dude in the face and got kicked out. Right. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. seems to be my problem. That seems to be my only problem with Paul films is mm-hmm. um, in all of his films, um, the people of color seem to have really, I mean, everybody in, in his films have tragic stories. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But <laughs> The people of color seem to have really, really bad tragic stories. And then once he's done with them, he's done with them. Yeah. yeah. And Molly is such... And that actress in Showgirls as Molly is so good. So good. But that ending of that character is so fucking tragic. Yeah. And so I just... I, I want to know... And I mean, Paul's made movies in a, in a time when... when you know, racial equality is a thing in, mm-hmm. in the entertainment business. And mm-hmm. still, it really hasn't changed... And maybe that just has to do with um, where he's from, and yeah, and, and yeah, uh, I, I, it could be because you know he is very, very European, yeah, you know, and maybe I'm just, sure that there aren't a lot of people who look like me, no, where yeah, he, where he is from, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and especially not only that, it's also the like. Uh, American experience, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. the black American experience yeah. is completely different than like a black European person. Right. Like there are black people in Germany and right. Amsterdam and all that, but it's like, it's very, so it's, it's a, it's a weird argument or not argument, but it's just a weird like area for, especially for somebody who is not American to be like, well, I don't, you know, right. maybe just doesn't get it. It's one of those things that, but yeah, um, I want him to have an opportunity to make a movie of this size now mm-hmm. to see what some of his choices making a movie now would be. I think it'd be the same pop <laughs> but, probably, but yeah, with a bigger budget. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Ryan Murphy could be, it seems like he's probably the next Paul. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, we definitely get strong gay characters if 
Ryan Murphy was directing a Starship <laughs> Troopers. Yeah, for sure. I would love to see what that would look like. And people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, actually, it'd true. be really, it'd be really. Actually, I just read an um, a article that someone did an interview with um, uh, Casper, and he said that he would really like to do a reboot where Old Man Rico is there, but to have Robert Rodriguez involved. Okay. And that's okay. a very interesting. Sure, like he yeah. thinks that's the man to handle the job, and I, th- I, I would agree. And yeah. Robert Rodriguez, or uh, he just worked with him on Alita. He could, and he could handle could see that, that kind mm-hmm. of a movie. Because I think that there's been talk of a reboot of this. Yes, but just nothing's ever become of it. Right, and I think that's probably because Paul strongly opposes it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, the last few sequels were fairly recent. Was, yeah, the they're fairly recent. Ten yeah, years, yeah. I would say. Yeah. They were still making them. I would love. Th- I would love that for Casper Van Dien. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. I mean, it's not like he's hard up for work. No, yeah, no, <laughs> he's still he's still out there making things. Man, there are so many Trader of Mars. Well, there's. It looks like there's quite a few animated ones mm. at this point. Invasion, Trader of Mars. I just saw a trailer for a, a Starship Troopers that game looks- that's getting ready to come out. Really? Mm-hmm. What platform? Uh, actually, I think it might have just been a mobile game. Okay. Mm. That sounds familiar. That sounds really familiar. I'll have to get that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, Starship Troopers, it's like, it's eye candy for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely nothing like the experience of being a young kid and seeing scenes like the co-ed shower scene <laughs> especially if you were like watching it with like cousins or siblings and you're just like oh my god that's so funny there he... is a naked guy but on there the are screen. very artfully placed uh shower mm-hmm. drains and poles and <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very austin powers the way everybody's just kind of walking <laughs> yeah. around and just things are just ever so hidden right <laughs> Or or, or like Grey's Anatomy when anybody gets pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hide the belly. Yep. 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 Um, But yeah, that is something that that has stayed with. It was definitely a moment for all of us when we first watched this movie. Yeah. That's kind of why I wanted to do it on this show. Because you know what? Also, uh, Dina Meyer, gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Very much so. I was like, She does. She is rocking some '90s hair. That curly, crispy, mm-hmm. those crispy curls. And she still has them. She still, yeah. She I mean, still rocks. That's them. just her hair. Right. Like, <laughs> she just has curly hair. I feel like she. I don't even know if I've ever seen her with straight hair. I think her IMDb profile picture, her hair is straight. It's Interesting. Like, why you got to be doing that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Show your real self. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she's great. I feel like the people in it are just. Um, they're people that you know their face. Like, mm-hmm. it's got a huge yeah. cast. Yeah. But it doesn't have, like, super duper big name stars. Like, we're name dropping all these people because, like, we're talking about this movie. But I feel like for the most part, it's filled with these people that you're like, oh, I know that guy from whatever, XYZ. But it has a big cast of people that are in lots of things. And um, everybody's just, like, they're showing up. They're doing the work. And it's, like... It's really fun. What had Casper done up until that point? Like, what was his big... Before I, Starship Troopers, what yeah. would we say? Was, was he on any teen soaps, like 90210 or anything? Uh, I think he did. Or do, soap operas, period, yeah. right? Yeah. He does look like he has a soap face. He has a, he yeah, has he a he soap does. face. I read when I was doing some research today that he had done uh, at least an episode of 90210. There's a photo of him with Tori Spelling. Oh, yeah. interesting. 
it looks like when right around the time when Donna and Kelly lived in the apartment at the beach. Sure. So I think it's like a college episode. And um, this is a couple of years, two years before Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow came out in he 99. Was in, he was in seven episodes of Beverly Hills well, now, too. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he did like Dr. Quinn, Life Goes On, <laughs> Silk Stockings. Oh, so I bet that he was one of Kelly's boyfriends on Married with Children. For sure. <laughs> a TV movie called PCH with him and Denise Richards. So oh, look at that. he had already worked with Art St. Denise. <laughs> Oh, Denise. Yeah, so like no big movies before Starship yeah. Troopers, though. That's cool. I mean, that's cool that this kind of was his first big thing. The, look, when you go to the IMDb, listener, do yourself a favor and go to the IMDb for this movie because Denise Richards' IMDb photo is Oh, I need to take a look it? at it. So beautiful. Her face is just like... Oh, yeah. That face has been it's just beat for the gods. Yeah. <laughs> Her hair is beautiful. She's tanned like... You wouldn't oh, this believe. was this was she was doing press for one of the Medea movies. Okay, she was doing press. for oh Medea's protection. I forgot she did a Medea movie with Eugene Levy. I like that. Oh, I like that Tyler Perry did did Denise a solid. See, he, oh yeah, he did her. Solid. Do you want to do you want to be in my one of my Medea movies? And Eugene Levy is in it too. Yes, that's funny. He plays her husband. That, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You know, I can't. I always like interviews with Denise because she seems very in on her range as an actress. That she knows that, like, she's not going to be winning Oscars. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she, I think, appreciates whenever people come up to her, probably for this movie. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. She like, loves talking about Starship Troopers. Oh, Star- cool. Like, Valentine. I love that. I think that Valentine. she very much oh, appreciates yeah, 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 her genre following. Yes. I mean, you saw, like that. you saw her on 30 Rock. Yeah. Her character on 30 Rock was that she's like a dumb person. Yeah. And it was funny. Yeah. I played as... Uh, what did, oh, I forgot what she says about her character. I played an astro... A uh, psychiatrist, or I, well, she's a she's like a rocket scientist in that mm. Bond movie. I think she says a rocket psychiatrist, yeah, something like that, something stupid, but it's very cute. We'll miss now, her. I want to talk to Denise Richards about Starship Troopers and Valentine. She would, she would love it because I love both those movies. And Valentine's <laughs> so good. I just recently watched it. Actually, he bought. Oh, it. I grew up on. <laughs> I grew up on that shit. I love Valentine. We'll we'll eventually do Valentine on the show. We'll we'll we swing back to. to it when we get to our next. Uh, I saw Valentine's yeah, Day. I saw Valentine in the in the theater, and it was amazing. An, an experience. <laughs> it was an experience. We'll miss our Saint Denise on Real Housewives Beverly yeah. Hills, which we just found out that you work on Real Housewives. Yes, yes. I or love is it that. A secret? I'm an associate producer. Yeah, <laughs> I got to work with Denise for two years, and which is which. And when I tell you, I mean, obviously, I love Starship Troopers. Yeah. So when I found out Denise was coming on the show, I was excited and it was just like i had to find my perfect opportunity in order to have a conversation with her about it it was just like i just was like miss denise yeah i was like miss denise i just want to let you know that starship troopers really means a lot to me and she's like i loved making that movie i was like okay well we can have a conversation about it (laughs) that's amazing i love that that's so cool yeah i mean yeah we're, we're gonna miss her on the next season but the next season looks hella good Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are in for a treat. I'm telling you. Oh, my goodness. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very excited for the world to see it because I spent an entire year <laughs> filming this show, 
you know, losing my mind, waking up early, you know, getting phone calls at one o'clock in the morning. Tom Girardi's in the hospital. Get there. Uh, oh getting phone calls saying uh, Kyle has COVID. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. It's getting getting a phone I, call. I remember when call. that. I, I remember when that story broke. <laughs> getting a phone call saying like, "I need you to come into work in the next two hours." Why? Because you need to get tested. Why? Because Kyle, Dorit, and Kathy all have oh COVID. My God. It's like, oh. Oh goodness! Well, we're gonna miss Saint Denise on Housewives. Absolutely, bravo, 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 bravo. But hey, go go to get the Bravo, Bravo, Bravo app, and you can watch old episodes. <laughs> Denise, really Anytime. good seasons. Yeah, her yeah her her run on the show was really good. And um, go go rent Valentine as well. Exactly. <laughs> so now you just need to watch Beverly Hills. Yes, Starship Troopers mm-hmm. and Valentine and Alita and, and Alita. Gorgeous. <laughs> And Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, cool. well, if you haven't seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, yeah, I think I think our listeners have already they're they're familiar with that, one. Mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, Jake Busey's got a handful of movies out there. He's working. Yeah, honestly, they all yeah a large majority of them have become have yeah. been working. They just they've been working. Had, they've yeah. had good careers. Like none of these actors. I mean, no one from this cast really became. A huge, huge movie star. star. Right. They're just sort of steadily working actors. Well, MPH, oddly enough, oh is probably God. the. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. He's yeah. Well, we were talking about when we were rewatching this a couple of days ago that it was a novelty to have him on mm-hmm. because it was where's he been? Right. But now it's like kids now don't kind of even know that like he had this career as a child, right? Kind of went into obscurity for a while and then had a huge comeback, mm-hmm. you know, with How I Met Your Mother. I feel like probably in the past year and a half, he's kind of cooled off a little just because yeah, oh, he's yeah. raising children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the last thing? Uh, Gone Girl? Probably. Um, yeah. He's in a big movie coming up. What is it? But, I mean, he's still pretty much, like, hovering around the A-list, you know? Absolutely. I mean... I mean, he's hosted the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. And he's hosted everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was and on you, It's a Sin, you... Matrix 4. Oh, man. That's what he's going to be in. Hmm. Oh, Lordy. Well, I mean, I think I think we got to wrap it we up. we got to wrap <laughs> this up. But um, tune into The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Because yes, um, our guest here worked really hard on it. I did. Yep. Work. <laughs> but, I mean, in the meantime, go watch Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Go find it if you haven't already. We own it on 4K. Yeah. Wasn't that expensive? The transfer looks beautiful. It is, yeah, it I saw it on your guys' TV. It's it a great, great transfer. But thank you for coming on. This was so much fun. Well, thanks for having again. me. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do for it another sure. time. Pick another movie and we'll we'll pencil you in. Absolutely. Yes. But until then, I think it is time to sign off. So uh, we shall see you next week. Bye, friend. <laughs> And thank you so much for listening to another episode, everybody. Starship Troopers. Love this movie. It was fun to talk about. So much fun with our new friend, Matthew. Well, it's that time again. We've got some fun shout outs. We got another five-star review Mm -hmm. that Scott is going to read for you today. So, Scott, why don't you take it away? Our new review from a listener in Australia from Down Under. So cool. Entitled Great Pod. Just a... Just came across this pod, and it's introduced me to so many good movies that I have missed out on. The hosts are funny and gay. Chook us, boys. 
That's so cool. From listener Evan SDGW. Awesome. So, Chukas. We did have to look this up online. (laughs) So, when you look up Chukas, if you just Google Aussie slang, uh, it comes up as... Chukas is a uniquely Australian expression, which dancers and performers say to one another backstage, all right, uh, just as the performance is about to begin. It loosely translates as break a leg or good luck, but the origins of the word are rarely thought about as it has passed into everyday language. I like that. I love that. Aussie slang. We love Aussie slang. We love Australians and our and our Aussie listeners mm-hmm. to the south. Yeah, that's right, South Pole. <laughs> around uh, around where, where Porpoise Spit is. Ah, uh, yeah, so we love our listeners in Porpoise Spit. We also love our, our listeners at um, at Fountain Gate, mm-hmm. the Fountain Gate Plaza. Yes, definitely. And we will be definitely will be watching uh, Drag Race Down Under. Oh, it's so gonna, exactly. I think it's out next week. <gasps> That's so so excited for it. It looks like a fun Yay. cast. Yay. Well, thank you so much for our brand new uh, five-star rating. Yay. You. We also have some patrons that we want to say hi to. Yay, patron We love our Patreon outs. followers and our Patreon shoutouts. We said hello to our brand new awesome patrons, Heather and Muffy. Yay. Last week, Heather and Muffy, we love you. Thank you so much. And we also love our other tried and true patrons, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, Christine, and Rafino. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a friend, everybody. We love our patrons. If you want to check out our Patreon, we've got lots of stuff heading over there. It's www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. Tons of additional bonus exclusive content. We've got additional movie commentaries that we do once a month. We just dropped a couple of those. We've got a newsletter that comes out once a month. And for any of our patrons at any level, we'll send you a postcard. Handwritten. Yay. Lots of fun. We're also going to do a exclusive commentary track that was voted on Instagram for our 100th episode celebration. We're going to make that available to everybody, so not just our patrons. It will be on our Patreon website, but it will be open to the public, so any of you listeners can go ahead over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay and listen to our special uh, commentary track for 10 Things I Hate About You. That was our Instagram poll, and that's the movie that won. So mm-hmm. head over there. It's during our 100th episode celebration that will be coming up very soon. It's kind of going to coincide with our two-year Yeah, pretty much. We started this podcast mid-May. Yeah, mid-May of, of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. So how about that? Yeah. So yeah, check out our Patreon for lots of fun stuff. We'd also love it if you would rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Give us five stars and write us a good review just like the one that we just read. We'll read it aloud next time. We uh, Let's see. We've got social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. Uh, my name is Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna, and I'm on Letterboxd at Peter Riffick. I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter, Scott Youngbauer on Instagram, and just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd. See what I'm watching. Yes, indeed. Follow us there, too. Thanks for listening once again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.